Life Audio. Hello. Thank you for listening to Your Daily Bible Verse, the podcast that examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery, and after this short word from our sponsor, we'll dive into today's Bible verse, 1 Samuel 13, 8. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Today's Bible verse is 1 Samuel 13, 8. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. What happens when you're in a frightening situation? You cry out for help and wait and wait, but God doesn't seem to be doing anything. Or at the very least, when his response feels terrifyingly delayed, we've probably all encountered periods where we wanted to trust our Savior. But as one day bled into the next, with no sign of rescue in sight, our fears grew louder and more incessant, filling our brains with one what-if scenario after another. This seems to be what happened to Saul, the man mentioned in today's verse. When we first encounter him in 1 Samuel chapter 9, Scripture introduces him as a tall, handsome man from a prominent family who, along with his servant, obediently embarked on a journey in search of his father's stray donkey. By the time we reach the second half of the chapter, however, we come to realize his three-day trek had little, if anything, to do with his father's pack animal and had everything to do with God's call on his life. In verses 19 and 20, we read, spoken by the last of ancient Israel's judges and God's most prominent prophet at the time, quote, I am the seer, Samuel replied, go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning, I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? Can you imagine hearing that, that all of the nation's desires landed on you? How might you have responded? Would that have puffed you up and made you proud? Or would it have pricked all your insecurities? With Saul, we see the latter. Rather than igniting his heart in praise for the God who alone raises up one person and lowers another, who gives humans the ability to think and to speak, the prophet's words ignited Saul's feelings of inadequacy. In verse 21, he answered, But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? 
In other words, do you know who you're talking to? As if he'd forgotten that he was speaking to God's prophet. But Samuel responded with grace and in chapter 10 told Saul about a series of highly specific confirmations he would soon receive. Through numerous very specific encounters with specific numbers of people doing specific things in specific locations, meaning there was no way Saul could claim these encounters were coincidence. There was no way to explain them apart from God, followed by a personal encounter with God himself that enabled him to prophesy and led to complete transformation. Once these signs are fulfilled, Samuel said in verse 7, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. What a beautiful promise, right? One Saul forfeited in fear-driven disobedience a few chapters later when he learned the Philistines had gathered their troops, 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and quote, an army as numerous as the sands on the seashore, hyperbole for a massive number of soldiers. The Israelites, who were greatly outmanned and outweaponed, freaked out in hidden caves, thickets among the rocks, in pits and cisterns. Others crossed the Jordan and fled to Gilead. And those who remained were, quote, quaking with fear. Initially, Saul obediently waited for Samuel to arrive, as he had promised. But as day one turned into day two, then four, then six, then seven, his fears gained power, drowning out truth and apparently his memory of all the supernatural ways God had revealed himself prior, ways in which God had not only confirmed his favor upon Saul and his kingship, but that it also revealed God's sovereignty and power over all people. And so desperate for God's intervention, Saul, it seems, decided to force God's hand. So he said in verse nine, quote, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Now, this was something only priests were supposed to do. In verse 10, we read, just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. If only he had waited just a bit longer. If only he had paused long enough to review all that had occurred the day Samuel had anointed him and what those supernatural divine appointments revealed regarding God's heart, his presence, his wisdom, and power. If only Saul had filtered his fears through truth, then his story probably would have had a drastically different outcome. God would have come through, Saul's faith would have grown, his intimacy with God would have increased, and he would have served as a role model for what it looked like to live dependent on God in the middle of crisis. And no doubt that would have increased his people's loyalty and trust in him as well. But sadly, that wasn't Saul's story. Listen to what Samuel said in verses 13 and 14. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Saul's disobedience fueled by fear cost him a great deal. The kingship and God's anointing, the very presence of God. Waiting tends to bring our doubts to the surface, which can lead to stronger faith if we seek God in them. 
Fear has a way of capturing, of hijacking our attention, causing everything else, God's promises included, to fade in comparison. Unfortunately, the more we focus on whatever we fear, that thing or the event seems to grow, overshadowing everything else. But the opposite can occur as well. When we learn to hit pause, when we seek God first, when we intentionally remind ourselves of truth, including all the ways God has protected or helped us in the past, our fears begin to weaken and our faith grows. That's one reason it can be so powerful to memorize scripture and to journal on those times when God has answered our prayers and we've experienced an undeniable encounter with God. That, my friends, is how we actively attack our fears with faith. Try it. This week, I encourage you to find one verse that speaks to a fear you typically struggle with. Do a Google search, adding the words Bible verse at the end, and that will help you to find one. Select your favorite from whatever Google pulls up. Write it on a note card to read it aloud three to four times a day. Journal on that verse, what God is saying to you through it, and any ways in which you've encountered him each day, whether that's through a song, a scripture passage, or a sermon. May he strengthen your heart as you seek him in the midst of your fear. Let's pray. Holy Father, you are so faithful. You are so loving. You are all powerful. You are sovereign. You are attentive and you are true. You are faithful to every promise you have ever made and you are faithful to care for us, Lord. We are so thankful for that. Help us to trust in you. Help us to turn to you when we are afraid. Remind us of who you are. Remind us of your heart. Remind us of your character. Remind us of your power and help us to seek more than anything else. Help us to seek your presence. We love you. And it's in the name of your son, our savior, that we pray. Amen. Your Daily Bible Verse is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.